Welcome to I Am Goddess Collective Podcast, a sacred space for empowerment through modern magic, spiritual activism, and reclaiming your power. I am your host, Nixie Marie, feng shui practitioner, earth activist, and mystic here to support and inspire your journey in becoming the change you wish to see in this world. That change starts within. Join myself and fellow thought leaders, metaphysical experts, and luminaries each week as we explore practical and magical ways to living in your highest alignment. Your journey as an empowered goddess begins here. Let's dive in. Hello. Welcome back, beautiful ladies, to a lovely day here in the mystical world of I Am Goddess Collective. I am actually super moved right now by this uh, YouTube. I'm actually recording this intro like super late at night. Lately, I've been feeling super like moon energy where I just want to really tune into the energy of the moon and work with the lunar uh, cosmic energy as I produce and get creative. And I don't know, I've just been feeling a really amazing creative cycle really come through during this, um, what feels sort of like the tail end of the pandemic and what we've really all been experiencing. So I actually just took a bubble bath and a nice little goddess bath ritual after a beautiful long day. And I wasn't planning on recording a podcast, but I have to admit, I'm a little obsessed with my new equipment. I got the Rodecaster Pro and a new pod mic from Rode. And I have to say, you guys, this this setup is really beautiful and super easy. If anybody's looking to podcast, highly recommend. It's a little bit on the pricey side. And I have you guys to thank because you guys definitely have helped via Patreon. But um, maybe you notice a difference in the audio right now. That's because you guys are awesome and you've been really showing up to support the show. So um, I am kind of nerding out on the new equipment and I was like, I need to go record while this uh, thought is fresh in my mind. And we do have a good podcast interview today with the lovely George Lizos, who is such a fiery beacon of masculine energy. I'm super excited to get into that episode with you guys. But um, I've been, Cameron showed me this uh, YouTube channel called After School, spelt S-K-O-O-L. And it's got all these videos of like talks and then they kind of draw illustrations over the, the words and Man, I just got into this one episode while I was in the bubble bath drinking my glass of wine for the night and I was listening to this one. It's called Your Mind is an Excellent Servant but a Terrible Master. And it's this conversation of this man who basically was talking to a grad, like a, a graduate, um, a class of, I don't know actually what school this or what speech this was, which school, which kind of feels really appropriate since like everybody that was in the graduation of 2020 just graduated. So congratulations to anyone who's graduated college or 
you know, currently going through that phase of graduation or maybe kids or anything that's listening out there, congratulations, go class of 2020. Um, I highly recommend you listen to this, uh, this actually this YouTube clip. And um, the big takeaway that I had was it's like talking about how our education is training us how to think, but mostly how and why we need to like think when we get into it, the adult world and face almost like the default um, operation that we're constantly like sort of fighting against or we're just operating on this like default hamster wheel cycle. And I've really thought about this a lot through this pandemic and through quarantine, how like so many people that have really said I've really enjoyed this time is because we've kind of been able to get off the hamster wheel and actually enjoy life and embrace the beauty of like slowing down and really being like present to all that is. And I've, I've actually seen Cameron really transition from that. Um, even though we live like super awesome, like adventurous lives, you know, it's easy to go into default. And that's what this video really inspired me to just kind of riff on for a minute here. And, um, the, 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 the storyline of it all is just like, okay, so you get out into the world as an adult and you end up pretty much, you know, you go to the college, this is what we're like all trained to do, go to college and get an education, which trains you how to think or get some knowledge on whatever it is that you want to do. And then you go into the workforce and you become like enslaved to your mind And you're living in the default where everything is for like you're selfishly looking at the world like everything is happening to you. And we talk about this, you know, every now and then on the podcast where getting out of victim consciousness and that's kind of what this really highlighted is how do you get out of everything's happening to me such as, you know, okay, I'm really I've had a long day at work and now I've got to go to the grocery store because I didn't go to the grocery store and I've got to eat my food and you, you just go in this hamster wheel loop of like everybody in traffic who's also there with you but yet those people who are in traffic are actually in your way and they're all like, it's everything is conspiring against you and everyone is out to get you. And while that very much feels like truth, sometimes, you know, when we're in that cycle and we're going, you know, wake up, go to work, go to the store or go somewhere, try to have a social life and then come back home, try to get to bed early. Or maybe you veg out, watch YouTube, Netflix, whatever, have a glass of wine, a couple beers, who knows? I mean, I don't think a lot of us are, I'm, I kind of like beer actually. I really, I like some beers, good IPA, give it to me. Um, good glass of wine is, is a little bit more my taste or just some tea. Um, but with that, you know, you just kind of go in the, like this loop and this cycle of, of constantly going in this. And that's, that's a human condition. It's, it's almost as if like, it's not escapable, but here's what the escaping and, and the shift is. And this is what really, like, I was like, literally you guys, I'm, I'm, I'm in the bathtub, like screaming. Yes. Like, fuck. Yes. 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 Like this is so it. And what this storyline painted is that we're all going to go into that experience, but the key is to get out of default and instead of standing in line thinking everybody's like the line is really long and everybody's conspiring against you, it's instead having somewhat of a compassionate heart around like everybody else is actually in the same place and going 
oh, like in this with you. And maybe that person had a really bad day, or maybe that person in front of you had a far worse day than you, or maybe perhaps the person behind you is like their dad's dying or, you know, et cetera. It's just like having a fucking soul for everything that's around us. And with that also being said, it's like, just because you know, you are on that hamster wheel and maybe you do need to work. And we, we all are working like period, you know, rather we're getting in the car right now, not so much. And we're going to work and in that loop, unless you've really created a life around, you know, working from home or being an entrepreneur to some degree, we're still in that loop, but it's about how we break free of that and operate from a place of presence and maybe choose to listen to a podcast on our way home or maybe choose to see things different from a different perspective that's getting out of the default and tapping into awareness. So I highly recommend watching this video. I mean, it really just kind of, and I felt called to speak about it because it's interesting how, you know, we're in this time. And a lot of us, I think the reason why we don't like for those that I've heard that have said, you know, I don't want to go back to normal and normal never was. And what was normal? You know, why was it normal for us to, some of us to drive an hour to the job and then work an eight hour, 10 hour day to only get hassled by the boss and then come home and, you know, have barely any time to eat and then try to go to bed and then get back up and do it all over again. Now that sounds crazy, but what if we looked at it from a different perspective? Like this is my way of being in service to the world. This is my way of showing up and wherever I am, I get to be the light that I am and I get to light up the world and I get to light up the the room and light up everyone around me, even if I'm standing in line at a grocery store. And I've found so much more of that through this quarantine. Maybe you guys can relate. You've been going to the grocery store and even though maybe we're wearing masks, which, which totally feels really weird. Um, but at the same time, it's like it connects us and separates us at the same time because it puts us all in the same place and we're all looking at each other going like, yeah, this is this is fucking real, you know, but it's also an opportunity for us to just have compassion for how maybe some of us are feeling through it all. Because I know personally the mask wearing thing gives me anxiety and I um, actually I got some masks from my friend um, who made these amazing like lips with a little cigarette coming out and it like everybody that looks at me starts to laugh and I and I think that's so beautiful because laughter is so powerful and such good medicine that we all need right now. So when I wear that, I I like forget often what it looks like. And then people that come up to me, they're like, that is so cool, you know, and that's exactly how I'm choosing and choose and consistently make a choice, which is what the video talks about, is making a choice to see things differently and perceive things and be the light. So instead of maybe just wearing a black, you know, like mask or, you know, just having fun with it and being the light and, and showing people that it's, it's okay to make light of the situation that we're all in and to just be fully present. So again, that's after school YouTube and the video specifically is called your mind is an excellent servant, but a terrible master. And the quote that plays at the end, I wanted to read before we get into the podcast episode, The quote is by Lao Lao Tzu, which is one of my favorites. He always has really good, really good quotes. Um, It says, treat those who are good with goodness and also treat those who are not good with goodness. Thus, goodness is attained. Be honest to those who are honest and and be also honest to those who are not honest. Thus, honesty is attained. 
So I'll let you kind of take away what you want from that quote because I've ha- I have my own personal takeaway and experience around it all. But I think at the core of it all is like no matter whether like in the beginning of the video they talk about religion and what to believe in and what to really um, have faith in. And there was like a conversation of an atheist and a, and a person who believes in, in the Catholic or a Christian religion. And at the end of it, it was like, no matter what you believe in, believe in something over greed, over power, over money, over body image, and believe in something that's going to bring you closer to your own awareness and your own consciousness and your own personal evolution of being the best like person you can be in whatever situation you find yourself in. And I've been thinking a lot about this, about how do we rise to the occasion? You know, we're in an occasion right now where it's not easy. It's emotional. It's, you know, it's tiring. It's exhausting. It's, it's also very awakening and it's, it's a blessing and it's all the spectrums of emotions. At least that's what I've been feeling. I don't know about you guys, but I have a hunch you're feeling the same way. And with that, you know, it's like, how, how do we just allow for this to be exactly as it is and then rise to the occasion as if we are rising up and honoring that we are the queens, we are the kings of this specific timeline. And I really believe, you know, this podcast episode with George Lezos is, is a really great conversation. An example of what I'm kind of delivering now is, you know, he's he's writing a book called Lightworkers Gotta Work. And it's a really fun, like he's such a fire energy and a total different vibe than my like grounded earthy voice. And I think we get really lit up just like him. And so that's sort of the message is like, how do we rise to the occasion, light up and do the work? So I'm excited. Hope you guys enjoyed that little download and, and riff on the episode for today. I just felt so called to share that and highly recommend checking out that YouTube channel. There's so much, there's like a million different, I don't know, there's a million, but there's a lot of different little videos and they're like 20 minutes long. Some of them are like 10 minutes. So, um, and they're just such beautiful drawings and I really, I really dig them. So fill your brain with cool shit right now. Cause you know, it's not, um, often like we need like brain food. We need stimulation. That's not necessarily, the media or like news or Facebook. I actually made a very empowering move the other day and I actually removed Facebook from my phone. Not Instagram because I'm a little Instagram. Like I, I really love Instagram. I think it's a lot different for me than what the Facebook experience has been. But I made that call. I was just like, you know what? This isn't serving me. I don't need it on my phone right now. There's too much separation and opposition and all these different opinions about what the hell is going on and what's not going on. But even in this video, yet again, it kind of explained how we all perceive things differently and having compassion for it, just like the quote, you know, treat those who are good with goodness, also treat those who are not good with goodness. It's like no matter what we think and no matter all of our opinions about what's going on right now with COVID-19, it means just treat them the same. Like we shouldn't be, you know, and I, I'm kind of guilty of this because I'm like, oh, you know, with some of the, the concepts and theories out there, but what's really going on, I'm like, oh, that's fucking crazy. Like, why could you, how could you think that? And then immediately wanting to react and, and sort of remove that from my, my energetic field. But at the same time, that's, that's, 
kind of going back to this whole entitlement and the self and everything is serving the self. And so it's a good little riff. And um, I'm, I'm just going to say, go on, listen to that. But um, I have a little uh, podcast um, review to read here before we get into the episode today. And I also just want to shout out to all my Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much for joining Patreon, the Goddess Life membership, and supporting the show. As you guys know, we are making some changes come July, and the show will become New Earth Podcast, where we will be discussing how we create this new earth and this new paradigm anchor it in with all spectrums of the feminine, the masculine, the how do we create sustainability in our homes? How do we create community? How do we, I mean, there's just like, we're going to go through it all. So very excited about that. And I think having George Lizos on today really anchors in the the energy of what that's going to look like. So excited for you to tune into that. This uh, rating and review is from the lovely Erin Maria. Hello, Erin. She says so much love for this podcast. Thank you, Nixie, and all the wonderful soul sisters that have been on the show. Every single episode I've listened to so far has had so much that resonates with my personal experiences. I feel like I found my tribe. In a fast-paced world, it is so nice to know that I, I'm not the only one trying to slow down, stay true to myself, get back to nature, and that high-vibe life. I'm coming out of a period of huge loss and growth, and this podcast is inspiring, nurturing, and affirming. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, thank you, Erin, for that lovely rating. And I'm sending you a big hug for all the loss that you have been experiencing and the growth. And I just have to say, like, know that that loss and growth that you're experiencing right now is the core of what will transform you. And you will look back at this time and see the beauty in those meltdowns, the challenges, the breakthroughs, the tears. And this is, this is your opportunity to see beyond that and see your growth through it all. So you've got this and I love you. So thank you so much for those who have not yet wrote, written a rating or review of this podcast has really changed you in a certain way, or if you just felt really connected to a uh, guest or an episode, please go on an Apple podcast and leave us a rating and review. It really helps support the show and get amazing guests lined up for our evolution and expansion. So I love you guys. I'm excited for you to tune into this episode with George Lizos, who is about to drop some serious bombs on the conversation about masculinity and how we can really honor that in our society and in our, our own awareness and consciousness. And um, a lot of George, George's work comes from helping lightworkers find their life purpose and really work in a light, in a real palpable way so that it's not you know, it just feels good. It's not something that feels like work or feels like it's it, it like lights you up. So let's get lit. How about that? I'll see you guys on the other side. Hello, lovely beings. Welcome back to another episode of I Am Goddess Collective podcast. I am very excited. We got a fun show for you today because we are bringing on some divine masculine energy. We have George Lizos in the house. Hello, George. Welcome. Hello, Nixie. So happy to be here. I'm happy too. It is, it is a rare and lovely gift when I get to um, just 
connect with some other beautiful light being around the world and especially you yourself being um you know you've got a kind of a unique message to share here so um for those of you guys that don't know who george is he is a spiritual teacher and intuitive author of be the guru co-creator of elemental healing and host of the lit up lightworker podcast he helps lightworkers to find their life purpose and work their light in real palpable ways that create positive change in the world. So I think it's pretty obvious why he's on the show. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I love that you uh, you work with like elemental healing and you've got such a beautiful light that you bring to the world. And I always like to start this question off before we kind of get into the topic of the day. Um, but what crystals are you currently working with and why? Ooh, I actually have them with me right here, right now. I'm working with these Aura Rose Quartz and also Rhodonite, which I have on my altar. Mm. I just like the, uh, the the primal energy of Rhodonite, uh, but also the really high vibe energy of the Aura Rose Quartz that I used to collect with my unicorn spirit guides. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, well, I love that you kind of brought in some different medicine. Everyone always has different things they work with, you know, between... Yeah basic crystals to things that you know we work with and I, I always learn about like more what we can do even though it seems like it's pretty simple like how we work with crystals but I think they have so many different properties and purposes so yeah what's your current favorite right now um I've been working a lot with car carnelian it's like the creativity oh, yes. stone and yeah. courage yeah, it's sitting on my desk and um, it's just been a lovely, beautiful red. I've been working with a lot of fire element and reds to really like burn and pursue what I'm what I'm calling in. So, yeah, that's why I've been working with that. I love it. Yeah. So, I mean, I love storytelling and I'm always curious, like what what brought you into this space um, doing the work that you do? Did you have a really big awakening? Did you like have a big life changing event? What really brought you into into this this beautiful space that you're in now? Oh, God, let's get into it. So basically, it all started like the first memory I have of myself is of a five-year-old George. First of all, I was born in Cyprus, a little island in the Mediterranean. And with like small societies in general, they tend to be very stereotypical. They tend to be very judgmental sometimes. They expect you to fit within a certain stereotype. Mm -hmm. So growing up five years old, the first memory I have of myself is just standing in a field of yellow daisies, staring up at the sky and wondering, why am I here? What is the purpose of life? Like I was one of those weird kids. I was not the kind of kid that played with other kids. I just asked the big, big questions because from a very young age, I felt like I had to do something big in the world. I had a purpose that I was searching for. And because of that, I was bullied a lot at school. And I had this sense that I have to change myself constantly to fit into other people's stereotypes, to become accepted in a world of stereotypes. So growing up, having this sense of I don't fit in, I need to learn how to make myself, how to change myself and fit into other people's ideas. At the age of 13 years old, that's when I realized that I was gay. At the time, homosexuality was illegal in Cyprus, like gay people were considered to be pedophiles and criminals, and there was no way I could accept yet another label, like along with the other labels that I had on me. Yeah. I'm like, okay, 
I'm going to approach this in the way that I approach everything in life. I'm going to change myself from gay to straight one step at a time. Wow. And that's when I enter the two most debilitating years in my life because every single day for two years, I tried to monitor the way I walked, the way I talked, the way I acted, the way I thought, trying to change me from gay to straight. And two years later, when I couldn't change who I was born to be, I called myself a human abomination and I decided to take my own life. Wow. And it was in that darkest moment, just before I did it, that I had an epiphany and I'm like, you know what? I have a choice. I have a choice to fuck what people say, fuck what society thinks, and just learn to love me and accept me for exactly who I am. And I had no idea how I could accept me for who I am because all I experienced was judgment and self-loathing. But I knew that my willingness to change would be enough to get me on a path. So I was willing to learn to love myself. And like, as I opened up to that, that's when Feng Shui popped into my life that promised me to create changes in my, in my house, in my room, and just start seeing, start telling a different story, basically. Mm. So I, it all started from Feng Shui, then I met Louise Hay's work all about affirmations and learning to love yourself. I got into meditation, angels, spirit guides, the elementals, and long story short, eight years later, I found myself at a point where I felt like, okay, now I feel empowered enough to help others do so too. That's when I wrote my book, Be the Guru, a step-by-step guide to becoming your own spiritual teacher, which was that journey of me and guiding people through the journey as well of learning to stop depending on others for love, support, and, and wisdom and start finding that within them. So that was the beginning of the journey and what got me into this spiritual world. Wow, that's quite a story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I always, I do find though that this, you know, it, we don't just like stumble across usually a spiritual practice or really all of this type of work. I think it really comes and stems from, you know, dark night of the soul, life-changing event. Um, and I mean, some people are blessed with like walking into their like childhood around this, but I think um, your story is really inspiring and to just take your life like from full 360 almost to find yourself. And the, the key word that you really shared, I think, is to love yourself. And mm. it's like so simple, right? But it's so complicated. Yes, because time. people have taken self-love and turned it into a buzzword. And they yeah. made it feel like, oh, it's about taking long baths and just doing like facial masks. But it's way deeper than that. Yeah. It's about really getting to appreciate all of who you are both the sides of you that you accept and that people praise and also the sides of you that people judge or that you judge as well. And really an exercise that helped me back then was mirror work by Louise Hay. When you get to look at yourself in the mirror and just say, you know what? I love you. Mm -hmm. And the first time I did that, I started crying because I did not love me. But what mirror work does, it brings up all this, all the limiting beliefs you have about yourself so you can deal with them, heal them, and then eventually start believing it. Yeah, I love mirror work. Love me some good mirror work. It's like I love it. Just you know, you see yourself every day. Take a moment when you look at yourself in the mirror, you know, and and say those beautiful affirmations. And it's interesting how guided you were, though, because you were led straight to these modalities where you're like, okay, I'm going to rapidly change my environment, like Lewis Hay, Hay House, all of that is 
massive, you know, I mean, that doesn't always come into people's laps. Like, what do you think has been your biggest guiding force um, upon discovering these things? I had always felt like I was spiritual and it always, I'm going to go back to that first memory that I have of myself, five years old. I believe that now, this brings me to the topic of my latest book, Lightworkers Gotta Work, and what it means to be a lightworker. Mm-hmm. Now, a lightworker is someone who um, has a purpose and a desire to help make the world a brighter, a better place by being in this world. Now, in the book, I talk about a special breed of lightworkers I call Ascension Lightworkers, which is a special group of old, mature souls that have been coming in over the past few decades for the purpose of ascending the the software of the planet, of upgrading the planet, so to speak. So I feel that there are many Ascension Lightworkers Mm -hmm. that have been coming in. And in retrospect right now, I can identify as an Ascension Lightworker in the sense that I came with this calling. I I came with this purpose that goes beyond this present lifetime and it is connected to so many past lives that we've incarnated as witches, as healers, as wise ones, as medicine men and women and have been persecuted by patriarchy over and over again. And finally, we decided to come into this present life incarnation for the purpose of ascending the world. So I feel it's something in our spiritual DNA that just clicks. So that's how it felt for me. It was that epiphany moment, like, oh my God, I'm meant to do something with this work. So let me go out there and search for it. Mm, Amazing. I totally agree. (laughs) (laughs) So you are really, I mean, some of the conversations and, and topics that you really root yourself in, I think a lot of them being life purpose, being light worker, and also really the divine masculine rising. I mean, we're, you know, we've been a podcast really supporting the divine feminine rising. But what's been very clear to me, I actually want to just kind of segment into this story really quick. I had, I'm pretty sure the horn God visited me in my, um, in my sleep a couple nights ago. And at first I thought it was like this demonic spirit. But then when I dove deeper in, I, I, I really realized, oh, this is actually the the horn God coming to me and saying we need more medicine from the men. And and it really shook me because it's true. You know, right now we've focused so hard on it, it's sort of like the pendulum has been swinging really far right, really far left. Yes. And now we're like, OK, but the true divinity of balance and harmony on and restoring that on the planet to me now I see is restoring the masculine and the feminine and really yes. understanding what that is. So can you enlighten us a little bit about um you know, what is the divine masculine and how you how you're here to speak light on that in the world right now yes and i want to start with a story again so (laughs) good i love you remember that 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 childhood story where Mm -hmm. basically what was happening i was allowing patriarchy Mm -hmm. and therefore the abuse of masculine energy to suppress the divine feminine therefore my own feminine energy as a homosexual so that has been the basis of my life story now fast forward that after i've written my first book be the guru I felt like, you know what, I beat patriarchy, I found balance, it's no longer controlling me, all is well. And yet, five years ago, I found myself in a very interesting situation. I was working full-time job in London, 
while working on my own spiritual business part-time. And as it goes, when you're running your own part-time thing on the site, you have to dedicate a lot of your extra time to that. Mm -hmm. So I worked nine to five job. I would come home, work on my business until midnight, then go to bed and wake up the next morning and do the same thing. Weekends, I dedicated all of my free time to my business. I had no friends, no social life, no love life. I ended up three years later feeling so exhausted and fatigued. I had gained 15 kilos. I was uh, I had a serious case of eczema and psoriasis on my face. And in retrospect, I can now say that I was mildly depressed as well. Mm-hmm. So one moment, like the, 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 the changing, the shifting moment of that story was that I woke up one morning intending to go to work, but my body just would not move. I had exhausted it to the point that I couldn't move. And I'm like, oh my God, something needs to change. Actually, I should have said, oh my goddess, because that's what I needed. Something needs to change. So I went on a retreat to a beautiful, magical place in the UK called Glastonbury, a really magical town. Mm. And What was happening at the same time was every time I would do a past life regression, I would see myself as a prostitute. And I'm like, what's up with all the prostitute past lives? There's something there for me to heal. And even though I'm a past life therapist myself, I couldn't get to it because I was too in my head. So I went to Glastonbury and I worked with a past life therapist there, the actually Hay House author of Magical Past Lives, Atasha Five, who sadly passed away last summer. And I worked with Atasha. We did a past life regression and we went back to the first lifetime that I was a prostitute. And what, what happened was I was pregnant with one of my clients. And then when he found out, he stopped me in the womb killing the baby. So again, we have an example of the abuse of masculine energy, patriarchy, killing my divine feminine. And from that lifetime, I make a karmic contract to keep abusing my feminine energy and to overuse, sorry, keep abusing my masculine energy and suppress my feminine energy. So lifetime after lifetime, I did that until this lifetime that I tried to take my own life again, (laughs) suppress the feminine and let the masculine just abuse it. Mm. And even when I I survived that, I found the masculine, the patriarchy, still affecting me and abusing me in a very subversive, subtle way by overworking myself, which made me realize patriarchy is so embedded into our life. It's been around for 6,000 years. So even when we think we're feminine, we're not. We're we're being feminine in a masculine way. Mm -hmm. That was a huge awakening moment. go out of the past of the past life regression and I go across the street there was the goddess temple of Glastonbury. I go inside I'm like I need to connect with the goddess like help me <laughs> what do I do I need the divine feminine in my life more I need to embrace it. So they explain about the Celtic goddesses the Rhiannon and Bridget and all these beautiful goddesses and although I respected them I am Greek so I did not really resonate with the Celtic goddesses that much. I'm like I'm wondering if I can find the equivalent training for like the Greek gods and goddesses. So I go home that night, you know how the universe works. I Google online like Greek gods, goddesses, priesthood training. And there was the first ever training organized in Athens. So two months later, I went to Athens and I trained to become priest to to Greek paganism. And that's what shifted it for me because, you know, in the new age world, we have We work with the goddesses, like we can work with a specific goddess or a specific god. With regards to the ancient Greeks, they always had to have balance. 
we learned in my training that on the altar, you need to have God and you need to have a goddess because they are two sides of the same coin. And actually each God is also a goddess and each goddess, it's a God, for example, Aphrodite is also Aphroditus, the male version of Aphrodite. So it's all about these phallus. Mm. And that's when I heard something that completely shifted things for me. I heard, George, you're supposed to find the feminine from within the masculine. Mm. And it did not make sense at the time, but it felt true and I had to trust it. And what that really meant was, when you look at nature, you see masculine and feminine being so interconnected. Mm. Like in winter, we are into the feminine and then in spring, we go into the masculine, it just flows. And we're also part of nature. So these two energies are so balanced within us as well. When we are feminine in our energy, we're at the same time masculine. If we're not, then we're abusing feminine energy and we're procrastinating. Because when we meditate or when we trust our intuition, when we do yoga, we receive inspired guidance. That's the masculine. that It's then expressed at the same time. When masculine energy is balanced, it's also feminine in the sense that the action we're taking is not about hustle. It's not about like... Uh, forcing ourselves and forcing creation and being a really arrogant. It's about using inspired guidance. So combining that with the feminine as well. So to answer your question, the divine masculine is the aspect of source because source is made out of both the divine feminine and the divine masculine. Mm -hmm. That's more creative. That's more logical. That's more structured. That's more about moving forward and taking action. And it's also very creative Whereas the divine masculine, feminine, as we know, it is also creative, but in a different way. It's restful creativity. It's allowing ourselves to go into an intuitive state, resting, nurturing ourselves, trusting our intuition and allowing this guidance to flow through. So to really answer the question, what is the masculine? You can't answer this question without talking about the feminine because they are so interconnected. And when I wrote my book, Lightwork Has Gotta Work, that's the message that I wanted to bring forth that it's all about balancing both the masculine and the feminine so that we are not just nurturing our light, but we're working our light as well. Because so many light workers, I ask them, um, like they say, oh, I'm light working. And what they're doing is meditating and changing their vibration and saying, oh, by changing my vibration, I'm changing the world. I'm like, yes, on a certain degree, <laughs> but you need to take the vibration and turn it into action. Otherwise, mm. you're not light working, you're light chilling. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I can attest to all of that. I mean, just your 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 story and how much it connects you connected you really to this this philosophy and this way of being. I mean, I'm really curious too on what your what your initiation was like going through, you know, becoming a pagan priest in the uh, Greek tr traditions because I think that's so fascinating to really devote yourself to something that, you know, to, to be able to see and understand and find something and just be led and be like held by this, this beautiful um, initiation. You know, what, what really was that like for you? I really loved it. And it goes back again to past lives. I believe, and actually many Greek philosophers, ancient Greek philosophers believe that, um, we have many past lives in a certain region of the world so that we get to 
uh, to grow spiritually and evolve spiritually within a certain culture. So I think I talk a lot in Lightworkers Gotta Work. I talk a lot about energy protection and I talk about the courts of attachment we have to people and places. And I think we all have a certain strong court that connects us to a certain place. It could be multiple places as well because I feel a strong connection to Spain, for example, and the Spain tradition. But at the place that we are born or that we come from, I feel we have this strong connection so that it's easier for us to learn the wisdom of that land, to learn the wisdom of that. So it felt like coming home. I thought by quitting my job and coming back to Cyprus, because that's like what led eventually after I did my priesthood, I had this epiphany, quit your job, move back to Cyprus, go self-employed. And that's how you'll find the balance. And that's what I did. And that's how I found the balance. But I felt like I was coming back home, like to Cyprus. But really, the home I was coming back to was nature. Mm. because And my connection to the land. Mm. Because it is that connection to the land that for me helped me find this balance. Because the land, nature, the earth, is already so perfect the balance between masculine and feminine energy. And especially when we find that close connection to the land where we feel a connection to, whether it is the land we were born into or something else, that helps you feel that in a much stronger level. That core just vibrates so fast, it tunes you right into it. Well, now seems like the perfect opportunity to share with you goddesses our newest sponsor, the Moon Deck. The Moon Deck is a beautiful oracle set that connects you to your intuition and brings self-care rituals into your daily life. Created to foster community and healing, this entire set of 44 cards plus a beautiful guidebook filled with rituals is inspired by the cycles of the moon and the empowerment of women. It shares insights on growth, purpose, practice, and emotional well-being. The moon deck can be worked with as an oracle guide, as a daily tool for reflection and meditation, or simply in a tarot-inspired spread. As a goddess listener, you receive 10% off the entire site, so head on over to themoondeck.com forward slash goddess and enter code goddess moon to receive your discount. Happy rituals and oracle card pulling sisters. I love you. Sisters, I have been waking up with so much gratitude and appreciation, all thanks to my favorite app, Yoga Wake Up. Yoga Wake Up has been founded by two of the most amazing humans that I have ever met, and I am honored to be able to announce that they are our newest sponsors for the show. Yoga Wake Up is an audio-guided yoga and meditation app that takes away your beeping alarm clock and implements mindfulness and stretching and yoga into your day. It's only about five to 15 minutes long and it can be replaced as your snooze button because I know that personally my man loves to press snooze and it definitely messes with my sleep cycle. So we've invited Yoga Wake Up into our morning routine because it truly has had the impact to change our morning and implement this beautiful ritual to have intention to start the day. Instead of scrolling on social media, which you all know we're pretty guilty of in one way, shape, or form, and instead empower you to get ready for the day, have courage, have confidence, have charisma to take on whatever 
comes your way. Head on over to yogawakeup.com forward slash goddess to get 25% off as a Goddess Nation listener. Are you currently stuck at home looking around your space going, this thing could use a really good cleaning? Well, I have a very exciting product for you to try. I have been, as you some of might some of you might know, I've been developing a product line for the past three years inside my cleaning business. This product line has been my new baby. It's it's something that I'm so incredibly proud of, and it is called Clarity. Clarity is an all amazing, all organic, zero waste full cleaning kit that makes your home smell delicious and invites you into a beautiful ceremony to clean and rid your space of all negative energies. So if you would like to try this beautiful cleaning kit, you can head on over to clarity.com forward slash goddess. That's C-L-A-R-Y-T-I dot com forward slash goddess to check it out. Well, and that's really the true nature of paganism, I think, in any um, yes. anyone's perspective is really being able to find spirituality through nature. And um, I think it's it's really to me that was like the first thing when I was exploring different spiritual, you know, practices, principles, ideations. I kept coming back to paganism because it felt like this is this just feels like what everything was before it was. Yes. <laughs> you know. It just feels so natural because yeah. you're not creating something new. You're just like vibing with the rhythms of the earth and the cycles of the earth. My my university degree was in geography, so I had the pleasure of studying the earth from a physical scientific perspective as well. And my geography teacher always used to tell me, George, it's not about saving planet Earth. It's about saving the human race. Because the planet Earth has been here for the past four point something billion years. It has processes to help it survive and find its balance, even if that means kicking us out of the whole process. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like she's somewhat maybe doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I'm feeling as well. Like yeah. so many people have come back to me. They're like, George, that's, that's what you've been saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean... And, and I think, though, at the same time, we have to be a participant in actively changing the way we live our lifestyles that isn't destroying or at least creating the need for her to then kick us out. Right. So that's where paganism to me really brings us back to home and realize, you know, OK, if we're present with her, if we listen to her, if we respect her, then we can all get along and we can live here in harmony. And that's really what, you know, I think going back to divine masculine and divine feminine, it's all about living in harmony within these two principles within ourself and in the environment. Yes. And uh, that's why like in Lightworkers Gotta Work, I included meditations to work with the elementals who are the nature spirits, the consciousness, the animism of nature, because they are the intelligence behind the trees, the mountains, the water, the fire. They have been the ones that over time have helped create uh, life and also to help nature find its balance. So right in, in Along with like working with like pagan tools and pagan traditions, I also work with the elementals and I wanted to bring that into the book mm -hmm. with the aim of helping people work with the, work with nature in a more relatable way. Because, you know, 
uh, mermaids are not women with, uh, with tails or something like that. It's just uh, the way we've portrayed the energy of mermaids so that we can relate to them in a more practical way because we're humans and we like labeling things. Mm-hmm. So, but it's still equally helpful and equally powerful when we use these energies and when we give them form and work with them in a more relatable way to create change in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So kind of a question that pops up around, you know, for those who have maybe been more um, feminist in the sense of wanting to really like abolish patriarchy and having a lot of anger towards the masculine or just men, period, you know, how can how can we as a collective really heal through a lot of the um, the the bashing and the hatred and the anger and the frustration all towards the male or the masculine, you know, I think it's really directed more towards the male as if we look at it from more of like a 3d perspective. Um, but you know, how can we, how can we even, I'm sure you have a plan. Like how do we yes. heal this? <laughs> First of all, I want to address the fact because I think we all play different roles as live workers in this dismantling of the patriarchy. And what I had uh, my friend, Lisa Lister, the author of which, on oh, my yeah, she's amazing. I love her. Yeah. Uh, so I asked her, Lisa, is the future really female? Do we want the future to be female? And she's like, George, no, of course, the future is not female. The future is balanced. However, because patriarchy has been so longstanding in the world, there has to be a dismantling process. So sometimes the attention on just the feminine is needed in order to create this imbalance so eventually we can start coming into balance. So I feel that there are groups of people in this world right now, light workers, with different purposes with regards to like dismantling the bad patriarchy and finding balance. And the purpose of many people is about that. Like Lisa's work is all about like, just focusing on the feminine, really like glorifying the feminine to just create a strong energy of that. And I so honor that. Mm-hmm. My purpose and my group uh, that, I, that I feel I lead, especially through, uh, through this book, Lightworkers Gotta Work, is all about vibrating the balance. Mm-hmm. And I feel, you know, we have pockets of different people vibrating different kinds of energies and doing, doing different kinds of work. And we're not like against each other or like competing with each other. We're all working towards the same thing. Mm-hmm. We're just different parts of the same machine trying to create change and trying to create this balanced world that we all want to live. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, how do we start to forgive the mm-hmm. masculine? The way I've done it was through past life regression, where I went back and I identified past lives through which I was abused by patriarchy in the example I've shared with you, but also in past lifetimes where I was the abuser of Mm. patriarchy, Mm. of masculine energy, because I believe we've been both the abusers and the abused. And when we realize that, Mm. then we take, um, we we just realize that we're just all victims of the system, (laughs) of something that started 6,000 years ago when like men first got the notion of ownership and they decided to use women as um, a way of producing more kids and therefore owning more stuff and owning. That's how it all began. And then trade started coming into the world and it was all about using masculine qualities of trading. So we're all victims of this evolution that sometimes went from a balanced or matriarchal world to going all the way to patriarchy. Our world has always been a polarity, in, like mm-hmm. polar, 
polar opposites. And now it's time to that we move into this Aquarian age, this new golden era where we find the balance by taking the time to appreciate that we're all victims of victims, A. B, we've been both the abusers and the abused. And C, trying to find a way to forgive ourselves and patriarchy for that. And realizing that by not forgiving it and by really attacking it, we're really attacking ourselves mm -hmm. and we're really preventing ourselves from moving forward because all this attack and this resentment is doing is affecting ourselves. It's disconnecting us from who we really are. And when we're disconnected from who we really are, we're not balanced. And when we're not balanced, we're not creating a balanced world. So it's just a combination of identifying, understanding how this works, forgiving, and then final and best step is learning to use masculine energy in a healthy way that supports the feminine. So we can use masculine energy mm -hmm. to support the feminine, to support the rise of the feminine. We can do podcasts, which is something active and therefore masculine, to talk about the feminine and to shift people's perceptions about that. We can write books, which is something masculine, to help teach about the feminine. So there is a balanced way to do it that supports the feminine rather than just being in this negative energy of just bashing the masculine. And that's when we realize the masculine energy is not the bad guy, the way we've abused it is. Mm. And it is our goal, I believe, as light workers to learn and teach others on how to use it in a more supportive way. Wow. I love that you addressed um, how we can also identify when we've been the abuser. Uh, that I had, I was like covered in chills around that one because I think that we're often always pointing the finger, you know, like yes. I have been, how dare you, you know, take my sovereignty and tell me what to do and control me. And like, I can, I can play that role so easy because it feels very um, true to where I am in this body, in this, in this time and space and reality. And yet there's that truth that, you know, looking at looking at it from the other lens, putting ourselves in the other shoes, realizing that we're all still connected no matter what. And to identify that and then forgive ourselves. Mm. That's that's some incredible magic right there. So I hope it's that, humbling. Yeah. It's humbling. It's quite humbling and yeah. triggering at the same time. Yes. I taught a workshop called Divine Masculine Rising, where I guided people through a past life regression to experience how they abused and masculine energy as patriarchs and people got really triggered as a result of it but it was healing because it brought up stuff and it made you understand how things work yeah and those triggers man they are guides <laughs> they will yeah, take, they are they will take us Truly. and you know i think that's where we've got to pay attention to those triggers oftentimes, you know, and why we're triggered, dive deep into that, realize that there's a message there, there's a lesson there, something is, it, it's triggering us for a purpose. So absolutely. I absolutely adore that. I think that's really, and I've never really thought of it in that light. So thank you for sharing that. It sounds like I've got some work to do around that. I've definitely forgiven on the other side, you know, and I think that's a good invitation for all of us here listening. And this is why this conversation is yet again, very important for us to listen and just hear and observe and intuit and then go take the action needed in order to really heal. Because to me, it's like we're at the end of the day, we're here to, like you're saying, you know, bring in the the new age, the new Aquarian age. We're here to bring in the new earth. What does that look like? It looks like balance, you know, and yes. that's kind of my question for you. Like, what would 
what would the new earth to you really look like if we are all embodying this balance and this truth and this this way of life? Uh, I love this question because again, and this is something I go a little bit into in Lightworkers Gotta Work is how this will look like. Now, there's a quote by Abraham Hicks that really, I think, captures that. Abraham Hicks say, it's the best of times and the worst of times because it's the most of times. So there's both two energies happening at the same time. I believe when we come into this new earth, this balanced world, it's going to be the best of times and the bestest of times with just a few bad times. <laughs> In the sense that there's still going to be some of that patriarchy going on mm -hmm. because we need that kind of contrast to create new desires and therefore to grow as humanity. But it's so there's going to be crime. There's going to be the abuse of masculine energy. It's still going to be around because it just makes life spicier. It just mm. has like it has stuff that we ingredients like it's like going to a kitchen and you have like only three ingredients. Like you want more to create, and even though you don't like all the ingredients, you appreciate having the diversity. So it's always good to have the diversity so we can use that mm. to create new desires within ourselves and therefore grow. That's how we went from living in caves to living in megacities. It all started with some desire, contrast, like something, by contrast, I mean something seemingly negative to us right now, but it's just diversity. It's just contrasting experiences. So I feel it's going to be a world that's kinder, that's more loving, that's more balanced, that's more supportive. And the majority, like 70% is going to be that, but there's also going to be that 30% that just goes against the grain, just so it can give us something to work towards improving. I love that. I've, I never really thought of it that way either. It's like, I mean, at the same time, we, we have to have something that gives us, you know, an, a, a reason to really keep going and not get stuck in like, because it, 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 let's be honest, we would probably get a little bored. Yeah, we would. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, know I feel guilty just saying that, but yeah. imagine everybody was just so kind and so loving like what would we do <laughs> well and, and honestly that's that to me is source like we we come from that light love space where that like time limitless limitlessness love exists and and we came here to have this divine polarity experience as being human so it's almost as if it's like okay we want to work towards this this light this love but we live in a world of duality. We chose to come into a world of duality. Like we created that upon ourselves because we saw it as an amazing platform from, we, from which to grow and expand human consciousness and expand what is. Before us, like there, we, what we experienced right now was not here. It was just a knowingness that as a source, like source knows I can create everything, but without having that experience, it just, it's just a thought. So I think it was just source wanting to express itself in different contrasting elements into this world in order to really experience its magnificence and its creative potential rather than just knowing it. Mm. So when we, when we look at things from like this higher perspective, it's all just a game <laughs> that we're playing. Right. Yeah, I love that. 
Well, you definitely have so many different perspectives. I love having a conversation with someone who's kind of got, you know, done done a lot of deep work, really bringing in that conversation around the masculine and being able to really take a look at something from like the other side of the spectrum, you know, and why it's so important. Why do you think that uh, we we really need to embrace our own like divine masculine? You kind of already touched on a little bit, but as women, like maybe give us some how-tos, like how can we really embrace this divine masculine energy? What does that look like? I I will address that, but I want to work, talk a little bit on the why as well, because it goes deeper. So I believe, as I said, that we have this collective light worker purpose, which is to help ascend the vibration of the planet and create this new earth. But in light workers gotta work, I talk about the four purposes of light workers. So the first one is a light worker purpose. The second one is our soul realm purpose. Our soul realm, soul realms are different groups of souls that have different collective purposes as it relates to our collective life purpose. Star seeds, for example, it's a soul realm. Other people talk about the, um, the incarnated angels or the incarnated elementals. So in essence, there are groups of souls like countries with unique characteristics, personalities, and collective purpose. So we have this collective purpose that draws from the light worker purpose. Then we have our soul purpose. Our soul purpose is a purpose fulfilled over a series of lifetimes. Mm. So let's say, for example, we have a purpose to be fulfilled within five lifetimes. And then our specific life purpose is a step towards fulfilling that soul purpose, a single life to that soul purpose. And they all draw from that collective light worker purpose. So why embrace our masculine energy? Because if we don't, then we are not in alignment with who we really are. Therefore, we cannot be in alignment with our life purpose. Therefore, if we don't follow our life purpose, we're not following our soul purpose, we're not following our soul realm purpose, and we're not fulfilling our life worker purpose of helping create a new earth. Hmm. So that is the why, because <laughs> yeah. we're not really being authentic. Right. Now, how to do that? So someone who's more into their feminine energy, the way to come into the masculine a little bit more, it's to go into feminine energy and feel their triggers that prevent them from turning that into masculine. Here's what I mean. When we go into our feminine practice of meditation, for example, okay, and align ourselves to who we really are, alignment equates to being balanced between the two. So when we find alignment, we naturally get that impulse, that intuitive guidance. Oh, I feel like writing an article today, which is embracing masculine energy. But instantly, that's when the ego or our past life experiences and and our expectation of patriarchy being uh, abusing us and masculine energy being something that's bad will come instantly and be like, no, 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 no. (laughs) You don't need to write that. Just, Just vibe it. Just vibe it. And that's enough, for example. So that's a trigger and being mindful of that self-sambotage that comes in to support us. And therefore, healing that will help us allow the masculine energy to be like a natural step to the process because that's what it is. Mm. So that's the spiritual way to go about it. Go feminine to go masculine. Now, the more practical way is scheduling. This is my favorite way (laughs) to to balance both energies in a very human way. Like, because I'm more masculine in my energy, I believe, by the way, that we're all born with a proclivity to either side. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, we're balanced, but balance means different. Sorry, m- balance means something different to different people. Right. Like to me, for example, balance could be 60% masculine, 30, 40% feminine. So to another person, a balance looks kind of different as well. But because I'm more masculine, if I don't schedule feminine time in my day every single day, I'm just going to exhaust myself. And like a month, I'm going to be like same position I was five years ago. Right. And for someone who's more feminine, it's all about scheduling some time to do something that's more masculine, more action-oriented. And making sure that this is reflected in the day, in the week, and in the month. Mm. And reviewing that often to ensure that we do that. So that's why when I wrote Lightworkers Gotta Work, I didn't want this balance between masculine and feminine to just be energetic balance. Oh, I'm just going to sit and I'm going to focus on masculine and I'm going to focus on feminine and that's it. Really, the purpose of Lightworkers Gotta Work is to help you shift this balance in a practical way into your life. So I have the first part, which is all about um, nurturing your light. And it's all about a series of processes you can use to nurture your light, therefore feminine. And therefore, and then, and then this next part is all about working your light, therefore masculine, and a whole raft of processes to do that practically in your life. Because unless it's embodied, it's not real. It's mm-hmm. just happening in your mind vibrationally. Yeah. That's so cool. I love that you brought it sort of just back to the human experience and made it yeah, simple yeah. for us all. <laughs> I really didn't know what to expect there, but I think that that's uh, such a beautiful way to really see it physically being being manifested and being actually tangible for us to actually see results. Um, what are some things that you do uh, to schedule into your day, like to be more in your feminine or be more in your you're naturally masculine. So what do you do to schedule that? Do you do like yoga? What, what do you do? I take now, I take three hours every single morning. I start working at noon because for three hours, it, that's my feminine time. Yeah. So I have my altar right behind me. So I do a short meditation. I light up my candles. I read my, or my hymns to goddess Hestia and to all the different gods and goddesses that I'm working with that day. I do my, um, manifestation, visualizations. I have books that I just sit there on my beautiful mat and and I read um, different books. I do my prayers, my incantations. Then I do yoga. Then I go exercise. So it all takes like a three-hour practice before I'm ready to be like, okay, now it's time to get to work. (laughs) Mm, I love that. I'm very much on the same page with you. I need at least two hours in the morning to get ready to do things because otherwise it's like, why am I just doing, <laughs> you know, exactly I'm, right. I'm, you... I operate much more masculine than I do feminine, which is why I birthed this to recognize yeah. that I needed my feminine. But now it's like, okay, how do we bring the balance in? And for me, it's, it's really, really tr- easy for me to get lost in the doing because I love doing, you know, and I love doing, doing, doing. And what's interesting about that is like, for me, I'm, I'm doing a lot of goddess work, but my work is in, like you said earlier, you know, it's in doing in the masculine. So it's almost like masked sometimes. So, you know, for anybody like me that I, I know you guys are out there because we talk about this often, um, to really check yourself because it's, it's easy to slip, you know, into that doing, 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 and not really taking time. And that's where I really appreciate, you know, this kind of collective pause that we're in to reconnect with that. And it's because it's so embedded into, into mm-hmm. our life. Yeah. It's because it's all we've known. It's all we've ever known. 
like for many different past lives, our expectation is this work hustle culture. Right. So that's why we're here as light workers to just shake things up a little bit and yeah. just help bring the balance. Beautiful. Well, this has been a fun, interesting and diverse conversation. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, reaching out, George. You've been such a great uh great guest to have. And I know I'm sure some so many of our listeners here have learned a lot from your, you know, path, your story and everything that you shared here. So a couple of questions I have for you before we uh, say our final farewells. Uh, what would you say to someone who is really struggling with the, um, let's just say divine masculine part of them? How would you help them really get through the forgiveness or get through the healing of that? I would, I know I'm, it sounds like a broken record, but I would do a past life regression. Okay. It's just because it helps you see things for yourself. It's one thing reading about something or having someone tell you to do something or just tell you about something. But when you have a visceral experience of how you've been abused by masculine energy or how you've abused masculine energy yourself, then you're able to like have your own opinion about it and really get to... Um, to forgive it and even if someone doesn't want to do a past life regression you can like get into a meditative state and ask to see your past lives and maybe see that visually or start journaling about them and start bringing that up mm -hmm. another practical exercise would be to make a list of a hundred ways that you've abused masculine energy i'm sure we can find ways that we've abused masculine energy in this lifetime mm -hmm. It can be a time you got angry at someone. It can be a time you overworked yourself to finish a project. It can be a like any time you just abused this idea of working, hustling. And when you write those 100 things, you'll be like, you know what? I'm also the abuser that I'm, I'm, that I'm, 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 I'm uh, attacking right now. Mm -hmm. so why am I attacking myself? Because by attacking others, by attacking patriarchy in general, I'm also attacking myself because I've been part of it. I've been like a, a cog of that system. So why am I really attacking myself? Mm, I love that. I hope that serves uh, all you listeners out there. Where can everyone find you, George? I know you've got a, another book coming out and quite a few books out there already as you spoke on. So where can everybody find you and work with you and get some more of your medicine? I would love for you to come hang out with me on Instagram. My handle is at George Lizos. And my Facebook group is Your Spiritual Toolkit, where I share lots of guidance and tools. Now, my new book, Lightworkers Gotta Work. Now, as you know, the biggest message of the book is that the world won't change sitting in meditation pillows all day long. The world changes when lightworkers like you and me light up and take consistent action to following and fulfilling our life purpose. So it is the step-by-step -step system to finding, following, and fulfilling your life purpose by embracing both the divine masculine and the divine feminine energies within you so that you not only know your light, but you work it to create big positive change in the world. And it's available to pre-order right now on Amazon. And if you go to 
georgelizos.com forward slash lightwork, then you can enter your receipt number over there from Amazon and that will give you access to a free two-hour live workshop with me called Life Purpose Bootcamp. That's happening August 2nd, during which I'll guide you to not just find, but define your life purpose in a specific two-paragraph definition so that by the time you get the book, you'll know your life purpose and you'll be ready to start working your life to following and fulfilling it. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much. And um, I can't wait to see your book come out. That's so exciting. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure chatting to you. Yeah, beautiful. Well, thanks, George. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We absolutely adore everyone here that tunes in to the podcast every single week. Thank you so much. And please go check out George. Hang out with him on Instagram. He's definitely got some good content out there and, and quite funny. So I definitely encourage it. <laughs> All right, lovely ladies and brothers and sisters. I love you so much. And I will see you next week. Bye for now. Bye, George. Thanks so much for coming on. Bye-bye.